everybody, and welcome to another episode of Magic Azubi. My name is Azubi, and if you're brand new to this show, the show is all about a little well-known card game called Magic the Gathering. So, today's episode is a special episode, something that I've been wanting to do for a long time, aka probably about a month or two. Uh, this is a first of the series that I like to call Commander Deep Dives. And today's Commander Deep Dive is we are talking none other than my favorite commander, Krufix God of Horizons. But it's not just me, though. Uh, you are in a treat. I brought on Josh, a.k.a. King of Jank, who is well known for making a lot of janky combo videos and trying to explain the combo videos as well, too, on YouTube. And as of this recording, he just recently passed a thousand subscribers on YouTube. So congratulations, Josh. That is amazing. So uh, we take a deep dive into Krufix, talking about what Krufix does and how to build him. And we both talk about our deck list and our favorite times playing him and sort of what commanders he, he pairs up well against and what he doesn't pair up well against and sort of just certain cards that maybe have recently come out that you want to think about adding in and just really just talk about all about Krufix. We, we go really deep into this, so I'm really excited to present this to you all. And um hope you all enjoy it because I do want to plan on doing more of these episodes. I'm probably going to be doing... First off, just probably just doing commanders I'm playing at first that I know I've played. I have like seven other commanders that I play a lot. And then maybe, who knows, we'll go from there. Maybe even get into Brawl. But the thing is, with each of these episodes, I want to bring on a content creator or someone of the community who's who really plays the commander at the same commander that I play or that play commanders that I enjoy playing, you know, vice versa, etc. Uh, that way we're just not doing a, you know, new out of the box commander. I want to only really talk about commanders that I'm familiar with and I've gotten a lot of reps in and so we're not just talking about the hottest new commander off the top and all that stuff. These are going to be commanders that we're very deeply, intimately familiar with here. So uh, before we get on with it, uh, Magic Wazubi can be found on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio, and finally Spotify. So excited it's on Spotify now because I'm just starting to really learn the wonders of Spotify and how amazing it is. Uh, finally, it took me I don't know how many years. And, um, you know, if you want to help support the show, the show, uh, is on Patreon, so you can check out the show's Patreon at patreon.com slash magicwithzubi. You know, any amount definitely helps. And the show is also sponsored by legitmtg.com. Legitmtg.com is the place to buy your magic singles and sealed product for any order over $2 or more has free shipping at legitmtg.com. We're coming up with almost four years of being uh, sponsored by them in, in the next four to five months, I think. And just want to thank them all for putting up with me for that long so before or, or let's just get right into it right uh and here you go here is josh aka king of jank okay uh, all right we're good here uh hey everybody zuby here and i am with josh aka king of jank and we're doing the inaugural first sort of episode series that i'm gonna try to start here um i don't know how often it's gonna be done but i guess we'll call it commander deep dives um i came up with it like five seconds before i hit record here um <laughs> and today we're gonna be taking a deep dive into i think it's both of our favorite commanders uh Krufix, yeah. god of horizons so i guess to start off with um if you want to introduce yourself and you know what you do in magic and yeah let's start from there okay well hey everyone um, King of Jank or Josh. Um, I've been around for maybe, I don't know, two years. I think it was you that actually brought me into the community, Zuby. I was posted really? on Reddit. I posted on Reddit, like, where where can I post content creation stuff? And you were like, fuck Reddit. 
come to kitchen table mtg yeah and oh, then from yeah. that yeah, yeah. With, with laz and all that exactly and then yeah. from that it became twitter and then i got introduced to john dunning blah 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 blah, blah. Okay. so thank you for that oh you're welcome uh, yeah i noticed that he um his site is still up because i thought i visited it a couple months ago um kitchen table mtg it's and that website is a really cool form unfortunately i don't really post there anymore um it's just having to i'm terrible at remembering to post on twitter half the time it's yeah but it it now, I'm glad that Laz is still doing it. I'm surprised it's gone on that long. It's been since 2016 he's had that site up oh, now. Damn. I, I, I know he had like a fund fun thing for it. I, I threw in 20 yeah. bucks or something. It's kind of a dead form. No offense to Laz. Yeah, he's done a yeah. great work, but it's like a couple posts a week. Yeah, I um, mean, there was a lot more. Like when you first joined it, it was a lot more active back then. And then... I don't know. It's it's tough work keeping forums like that alive because I know I've had forums like that before back in the day when they were a lot more prominent. But with Reddit now and social media, it's they're kind of antiquated for the most part. Yeah, yeah. Their time has come. But anyway, it's not. Sorry, jumping yes, off. Yeah, on the sorry tangent. about that, Laz. We still love you. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, so what kind of content do you like to do? I mean, I I can sort of assume based on your name. <laughs> yeah so i'm uh i'm a big fan of jank initially i was going to do pack openings i think like most content creators they they think they're going to start doing that at least for the most part yeah and then that got boring i moved on to deck techs they were okay but janky modern decks people kind of want competitive stuff so i'm right now more or less all i do is i uh i make edh deck techs but they take mm -hmm. a lot of work so i don't really throw them out too much but the big thing i'm doing that i'm getting lots of views on is uh combo breakdowns so i take a card that combos with other cards and i give you a visual uh, uh description of how it combos how it interacts with the stacks how you order stuff to do the combo efficiently and they're mostly focused on uh edh combos um so that's that's what i've been diving into um i think i have 16 of them and i have plenty nice. more lined up uh but but i try to keep them very topical too so i have one on urza I have one on Mycosynth Lattice that came out when Karn, the new Karn, was spoiled the yeah. combo with it. I have Grum Gully from Eldraine, Sir Conrad from Eldraine. So uh, if you like that sort of stuff, come check it out because uh, nice. people seem to like it. Um, nice. And you're also on um, you're on another podcast too, aren't you? Yeah, I'm on uh, the Stomping Grounds, which is just a ripoff of Tin Street Hooligans, <laughs> which yours on. Like I'm not, I'm not gonna try to cover it up. It's. Uh, <laughs> It's, it's kind of just a rip off of you guys. We liked what you guys were doing so much. and uh, But it's fun. It's me, Langalia, uh, JJ, or MTG strategist, and Eric, or Undying MTG. And yeah, we try to do that every every Monday um, or every other Monday. But yeah. No, that's cool. Yeah, I've caught a few episodes of it. Um, it's pretty fun stuff. It's I, I like those kind of magic podcasts to where... You know, it's not just two people, but sort of like a, a group of people like that. And you can obviously tell when they're having a good time as well, too. Um, it's usually a lot of fun. It's we. I feel like we need more of those out there. I mean, the most popular one is what Magic Mike's. I think that yeah. has that sort of group format. But I, I can't think of many others that. I mean, yeah, there's MTG Goldfish, which I think has three people. But mm -hmm. I don't know. We need there's more live a live podcast like that. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, the first one that pops to mind is the Merfolk one that Cody does. That's not really just him and another in his co-hosts. Yeah, I mean, I stopped listening to it because I used to play them on my drive to work, and then my car radio crapped out. Uh, But um, but yeah, it's it's him and I think the other guy's name is Matt. I might be wrong, but but they were getting guests in regularly. Yeah, so it was about three people. But yeah, nothing compared to what what like you guys do on Tin Street or Magic Mike's or. Yeah, yeah. That, that's all John Dunning and all that. So yeah, it's all him. It's I just show my pretty face, <laughs> <laughs> let it go from there. Um, so I guess uh, I guess let's get started with the topic tonight: taking mm-hmm. a deep dive mm-hmm. into Crufix God of Horizons. Um, before we start going into both our decks here, um, I, let, let's just first go over the card Crufix God of Horizons and kind of why we chose it. Like why why did we make this our commander? Um, just so just to read the card, it is a three green and white, uh, green and white, a uh, green and blue. Uh, legendary enchantment creature god it's indestructible it's a four seven it came from journey into nyx as long as your devotion to green and blue is less than seven crew fixes in a creature and devotion was a mechanic mate that basically stated whatever color symbols you have out on the battlefield that's how that's how much devotion you have as long as they're permanent uh uh permanence out on the battlefield so crufix if you just had crufix out you had two devotion you had one green and one blue out on the battlefield and then you'd play either more green and blue creatures to get the devotion to make this a creature you know sometimes you always don't want to make crufix a creature here because you know that can lead to some bad stuff um the other benefits of crufix is you have no maximum hand size and the best part that I feel is uh, is if unused mana would empty from your mana pool, that mana becomes colorless instead. So uh, let's start off with the first question is why what attracted you to build Crufix as a commander? So as you mentioned, uh, Crufix is my favorite commander. Um, and funny enough, the Crufix build I have originally started back. I started building it in around 2016. It originally started out as a Rakdos deck, like uh, the Rakdos Lord of Riots, I think it is. Okay. Uh, um, because whenever you deal damage to an opponent, your creatures cost X less depending on how much damage you dealt. Mm-hmm. So it was it was big Eldrazi, you deal some damage and you play them for free. And that, it... It, I don't know. It just it wasn't working out how I wanted it to, and then I stumbled upon Crufix, who again had that amazing last line of text where unused mana stays in your mana pool and becomes colorless. So you can just you use them as a battery, right? You just tap your lands uh, at the end of your opponent's upkeeps. You get extra mana, use it on your turn, poop out big creatures. So that's the main reason why I, I like using Crufix is because of that battery but the other benefit especially in commander is he's an indestructible enchantment enchantments are hard enough to get rid of already um but if you make indestructible as well like it, it just it never leaves a battlefield unless you get targeted specifically for it oh yeah no it's um sorry it's i had to mute my mic real quick because my cat is howling in the background <laughs> and i don't didn't want that to be captured and you probably saw me yelling at it so <laughs> um, oh, yeah. apologies about that no, no so problem. so i'm looking at your deck list here so this is originally mm-hmm. a rakdos build it's well after if you go several iterations well, back yeah, it started yeah. off yeah yeah 
So, so the main idea was to mainly just have Eldrazi, though, right? Because you mm-hmm. want to sort of play Eldrazi free, and then, yeah, with Crufix, um, that does kind of make a little bit more sense because you can save up that mana um, pretty easily with Crufix and sort of play, hey, kind of play an Ulamog or an Emrakul for free, kind of sort of in a sense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, and like you said before you don't really want him to be a creature so the plus side of playing these big colorless creatures is that he doesn't become a creature because you're not giving him any devotion as soon as he becomes a creature well yeah he's an indestructible creature that's nice but it doesn't stop exile board wraths yeah. path to exile etc etc you know yeah and i've always felt playing crucifix where even if he does get exiled or you know wiped off or anything like that with the how easy it is to ramp with crew fix it's usually not that big of a deal if he mm-hmm. if he gets killed one or two times you're just like oh, okay now i gotta pay seven or i gotta pay nine that's pretty easy to take care of but um no that's cool it's 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 interesting because i'm looking at both our deck lists here and they've sort of they're very similar uh my deck list originally started off being more hydra based where it was oh, okay. pretty much nothing but Hydras in the beginning. Um, and I, I remember when Krufix was first spoiled, uh, what, back in 2014, when Journey to Nyx came out. It, that was... Uh, the only time I'd ever played EDH was just a Zedru deck, or Zedru, however you say okay. it. Okay, yeah, and, the uh, one that gives, gives people, people stuff. Yeah, and... Um, so that was sort of my introduction to commander and i'm like eh, it's okay and then i found this deck and i'm like oh so i can just play big dumb hydras and swing <laughs> with this it's awesome and um, i guess around then they they were releasing hydras and theros they had like the brood master which is in your list and oh yeah he, he, he and he's one of my number one like best creatures in that list too I mean, yeah, yeah U- Ulamog and Kozilek and Emrakul, they're all really good, but it's always awesome where I've won a few times with Hydra Broodmaster where I've saved up like 20, 30 mana and they try to get rid of my Hydra Broodmaster and I'm like, nope, 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 you can't do it. And yeah. then I just get out like 20, 20, 20 Hydras and swing and win. It's always an awesome Jeez. feeling. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a good finisher in the deck. Just... So you started off Hydra build. That's interesting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then it slowly evolved. And if we look at my list here to start off with, um, just like you, it's it. My deck has gone through many iterations of mm-hmm. just, you know, differences. Like start off Hydra's. I wish I had other lists because I used to keep different versions of the list a long time ago. But I think I got rid of all that. Um but it's I've always tried to maintain a controlly aspect of it because yeah. I, I've always every time I play Crufix and especially with my group of friends, it's most of the time they'll ignore me because Crufix on the surface isn't a very threatening commander in my opinion because there's mm-hmm. a lot especially nowadays there's a lot more threatening commanders like oh someone plays an Atraxa or Animar or Nekasar it's like okay exactly kind of enemy number one Crufix eh you know it's just Simic no big deal it's not like yeah. it's um you have that creature in your deck uh where is it Oh, yeah, Rashmi. Rashmi can get ridiculous as a commander. Exactly, or Vanifar. Or Vanifar, too, yeah. Um, 
But so that that's one of the things I really like about Krufix because he can be unassuming depending on how you build it. No, that's uh, exactly right. And I, I, I don't want to shit on him because he's my favorite, but he is. He hits the board, and that first turn you play him, he doesn't really do anything. Even yeah. the second turn you play him, he does, or the second turn a- after you have him, he doesn't really do anything. It's a slow burn that people just forget about after someone plays uh, like a smothering tithe or something on, on their fourth turn, something mm-hmm. that's going to make them the target. And that's how you just you slowly creep up to them until bam, you drop your Emmercool or your giant broodmaster or whatever, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I guess one of the questions I want to ask you is mm-hmm. I so when you when you look at our list here, um, you can definitely tell mine's a little bit more controlly here. Yes. How how would you describe your kind of list here with yours? So mine is uh I, I noticed that yours does have a lot of counter spells and I purposely tried to avoid it in mine because when Crewfix, sorry, I'm going to backtrack a bit to why sure. I built Crewfix, if that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, as I said, it started off as a Rakdos Eldrazi deck and then the, my initial build for Crewfix was also Eldrazi Tribal. It had buffs to colorless creatures and whatnot. Um, but I really wanted to combine the 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 aggressiveness of green with the non-control part part of blue which are kind of just randomness mm-hmm. you get to draw cards and you just do wacky things as you know look at most simic cards are bizarre um and that's what i want to do encompass in my deck um that it's really kind of a a alpha strike deck if that makes sense okay where i i do nothing do nothing do nothing maybe interact with the opponents a little but mostly just building lands, not being a threat until I can uh, tutor up and drop a massive, uh, or tutor up and drop a crater hoof behemoth and make all my mana dorks lethal, right? Mm-hmm. Or or just hold on to um, a big Eldrazi, drop it at the right time when everyone else has been brawling out and they're out of resources, or. Um, I'll go over a combo in my deck right now. There's sure. a enter enter the if infinite where you draw your whole deck and then put one card on top of yeah. your deck, and then you drop Lab Man and draw one two cards. You win the game. So it's kind of just doing nothing in a fun way, not not like a controlly way, but doing nothing yeah. until you win in a turn or two. Okay. No, that that's interesting. It's I, I like that. It's sort of like you describe sort of like an explosion right now mm-hmm. where yours definitely seems more unassuming where it, it sort of feels like it wins almost out of nowhere in a sense. Yeah. Where, I mean, you do have um you'd have a cyclonic rift, which, you know, one of the best blue cards and an EDH, um, which yep. is really good. So you help reset the board. Uh, one question I had that I guess <laughs> that I guess I have about the deck where I'm not really a hundred percent on would be mm-hmm. your planeswalker Nissa steward of elements. How, how have you found that to be good for you? So if we're being a hundred percent honest, Nissa was a gift from a friend oh, okay. in my old play group and, uh, didn't want to look a gift horse in the mouth. So I threw it in the deck to make, to make them happy. Oh, <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, not that she's the worst planeswalker. It was just an interesting choice. Um, 
because it's i mean knowing there's better nisses out there and um you know yeah um i'm not a big fan of planeswalkers in general um in edh i they they do warp the game but uh when you're against three other people i just find that that they can get taken out if they're too much of a threat oh yeah so um I mean, for what Nissa does, I never use her ultimate of making two lands into creatures. Yeah. Um, but she's unassuming, which kind of fits in nice. You plus two her to scry, yeah. try to set up more of that win. And if you play her big enough, well, you can zero her and maybe flip into something nice. Um, but yeah. That's true. Uh, yeah. It, on, on, when I do make revisions in the deck, um, which is very rare... She's definitely uh, uh, on the short list of being cut. That's true. That's nice. Um, yeah, the... I mean, if you look at my list, obviously the only Planeswalker I have is Ugin the Spirit Dragon. <laughs> Which um, is a very strong Planeswalker. Yeah, and you're right. Most of the time when he gets played, he'll die immediately. But it's just like, as I said, it's very controly for me to where I'm just going to wipe the board clean again. I mean as long as I'm not playing against another player who's playing nothing but colorless, you know, mm -hmm. creatures and all that, it's usually really, really good for me for a board wipe. And it's very rare that I ever get to ult Ugin because that's not what he's really made for is for yeah. ulting. Um, I mean, it's really, it's awesome if you can do it, but, um, you know, it's not meant for that. But, um, one other thing I wanted to ask you is, mm -hmm. so you mentioned you haven't made a lot of changes. What has been, what it what has been some of the cards you've put in from the like some recent sets that you found that have fit really well with crew fix lately so not a lot i was going to ask you the same question i have this terrible terrible like uh way that whenever a new set comes out i want to jam all these new cards into my decks yep. and then and, <laughs> and <laughs> I mean, I was doing it with another one of my EDH decks, and eventually the deck kind of becomes unplayable because you lose synergies just yeah. for or novelty, and you just, yeah. Um, so I've been really, really restrictive on myself on what I put in crew fix because for the longest time it was, uh, it was unbeatable in my playgroup. People could not bring it down. Um, that's not me boasting, but it had a, a really good win streak on it. Um, so I've been very picky about stuff. One that I did put in was Finale of Devastation from War of the Spark, which is a sorcery speed, um, what's it called? A sorcery sp speed Court of Calling. So for everyone listening, it's two green and X. You search your library and or graveyard for a creature card with converted mana cost X or less and put it onto the battlefield. If you search your library this way, shuffle it. If X is 10 or more, creatures you control get plus X plus X and gain haste until end of turn. So it's kind of like a quarter calling mixed with a crater hoof. Yeah, that's actually really, really good. It's um, it's, So what do you normally get when you play that? What's the sort of go-to creature that you always pick if you manage to get it 10 or more? 10 or more, it's probably going to be the crater hoof because then you get that stacked. That stacked oh, true, true, oh. yeah. Oh, damn, um, that's disgusting. Plus 10, yeah, and then the <laughs> plus X plus F, X of creatures you control. Um, and then the Crater Hook gives them all trample. The Finale of Devastation gives the haste. Um, I try not to grab the Eldrazi's off these tutors, um, generally, unless 
I, I just want a beat stick because mm-hmm. a lot of their ETBs, but not really are on cast, not entering, right? Yeah. So you you don't get to destroy stuff with their Ulamogs or you don't get to uh, uh, take their turn with the Emrakul, um, etc. How about you? Uh, what have you put in from recent sets? So let me look at my list here. Um, recent sets, uh, Wilderness Reclamation was a big one. Oh, um, yeah. Because oh. I, I love that. Um, just being able to sense being more control, just giving the sense of, uh, you know, having my enemies think, okay, he's got so much blue up right now. He's going to counter or, and I mean, plus Seaborn Muse is such a huge target when I do play it. So yeah. I feel wilderness reclamation while it's not as good as Seaborn Muse, it's still, it's, it's like a step down for me, um, yeah. being as good, um, so it's wilderness reclamation. Um, God, what else has there been anything else? I know I finally got omniscience in there. That's a reprint. So I don't really count that. Um, it was just, it was nice to finally put it in there because it was a lot cheaper. Uh, when yeah. It got reprinted. Uh, yeah. That's a, that's a card I should have jumped on, but I didn't. It's, it's definitely worth it. And if you do manage to play it, it's, I usually, when I do, get to play that card i try not to dump my entire hand out because mm-hmm. I, I i just don't like doing that i'll play the really good cards obviously but not the ones where i'm just i still want to make them think oh crap he's still got something he's holding back you know um yeah. i think that's really just wilderness reclamation and am i i'm not seeing anything else no i'm just cruising through your list right oh, now oh, oh for, i guess the Frilled Mystic was another one that. Oh, yeah, because she she replaced um, what was it? That one snake. Um, what? Well, no, 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 no. I didn't have that snake in there. That one rare snake that basically does the same thing. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Th- this yeah. was just a lot cheaper of a replacement, and it's just as good for me too, mm-hmm. um, to get it in there. But I think that about does it. Um, I, I yeah. Oh, I was just gonna say the Hydroid Crisis too. Oh yeah, I forgot he's in there too. Duh. Um, yeah, the the hydroid crisis. That to me, like I said, it's sort it's sort of a callback for me to when my deck was originally all hydras. And plus, mm-hmm. that to me, beside, I, I still consider Hydra Broodmaster better. But I know on paper, hydroid crisis probably is technically better since it mm-hmm. gives life and draws cards. Um, so yeah, that's why I have him in there too, just for the gain life, especially the draw cards. Oh, it's a fantastic card. Like if I if I had one, I'm not gonna go out and buy buy it for twenty two dollars it's popping up as. But if I had it, I would definitely fit it into my build. Because yeah, the gaining life and but more importantly the drawing cards and you get a flyer out of it is fantastic. Oh, and I forgot another one, Incubation Druid was another one. That one actually Incubation Druid replaced um Oh my I forget the name of it, but it, it does something so incubation druid when it's adapted it adds three mana of a color of a land you control that could be produced but it replaced a creature that um you would tap you would tap it and it adds three mana but only for creature spells i cannot oh. think of the name of it at all do you know which one i'm um, talking about it added three mana yeah it added three mana but could only be used for creature spells 
Uh, so no, it, I know Shaman of Forgotten Ways, but that's only two mana. Yeah, so that that yeah. replaced the or Incubation Druid to replace that card. I really can't remember the name of that card right now. Um, I'll have to I'll have to think of it later. I, I guess that brings up a good point, though, for for anyone that wants to try out Crufix, is that if there is restriction on the mana you tap mm-hmm. when it go when it turns colorless, it still has that restriction. Yes, that that's a very yeah. good point to put in there. Um, so has there been any cards like so? You last added something in War of the Spark. Has there been anything in M twenty or even Throne of Eldraine that you've been thinking about adding or testing out, or or uh, even Modern Horizons too? If there's anything in there. Yeah, um, I'll be honest, I I wasn't around for M20. I was in the middle of a big move, so I'm still not familiar with what's in that set. Um, But for Throne of Eldraine, not really. I'm not, nothing's popping to mind. Um, Modern Horizons has a card that I I think I would like to try out if I built my deck differently mm-hmm. but uh, but i'm sure you would like it with the hide uh, not the hydroids uh, the hydras is uh what's it called unbound flourishing or something unbound flourishing that sounds familiar it, yeah unbound it, uh, flourishing that is it is a two and a green enchantment mythic whenever you cast a permanent spell with a mana cost that contains x double the value of x Whenever yeah, you cast so, an instant or sorcery spell or activate an ability, if that spell's mana cost or that blah, 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 blah contains X, copy that spell or ability. You may choose new targets for the copy. Ooh, damn. Yeah, I didn't. I don't think I pulled a single one of those out of my Modern Horizon boxes. Yeah, it's like it's like doubling season, but for X cost stuff. Yeah, ooh, so. shit. That might be pretty cool to try out because um, I also have Genesis Wave in my deck as well, too. Oh, shit that's a yeah a genesis wave in case people don't know it's an x triple green sorcery reveal the top x cards of your library you may put any number of permanent cards or convert a mana cost x or less from among them onto the battlefield then put all cards revealed this way that weren't put on the battlefield into your graveyard which that's not the biggest deal uh for something like my deck especially because i have you know recollect or seasons past or even praetor's council which can get everything back from my graveyard into my hand um so it's not the worst thing that's pretty cool i may have to look into that one pull from tomorrow in your deck too. draw x cards and discard a card oh yeah pull from tomorrow that um i used to have the blue sun zenith yeah, that's deck, what I run in mine. Which I I like that. It's just the, you know, discarding a card isn't the worst thing. I know technically blue sun is better, but just with the mana cost, it's just what one extra blue, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just I like the ability where I can pay one less and draw as many cards and maybe get rid of a crap land that I don't need. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, no. The, the thing I will point out with Blue Sun, like you said, it might be overall a better card, but and a very niche niche uh, uh, ability, but it does say you make target player draw a card. So if for whatever reason you have enough mana, you could potentially mill someone out. It's a dumb way. It's a it's not a good reason to have it over over. Uh, yeah, I, I like that though. I mean, it's I think I've done that before. I don't know with Crew Fix, but I know I've done it with another commander. Um, I think I did that with my Nekusar deck I had one time <laughs> because it's, you know, want to kill them quickly. Yeah. Um, so what do you, what would you say is your 
favorite card in your deck? Oh, that's hard, man. That is hard. <laughs> Asking all the hard questions here. Yeah, putting me on the spotlight. Um, honestly, there, there's lots of cards, and people probably think, oh, it's going to be Crater Hoof, or oh, it's going to be Ulamog, or something like that. But yeah. there are just some, there are some weird cards that I love in the deck. Um, Nissa's Revelation. I'm not going to say it's my favorite, but it's a card that is a bulk rare. Um, I don't think I've ever seen it played in any deck, but you scry five and then reveal the top card of your library. If it's a creature card, you draw cards equal to its power and you gain life equal to its toughness for five and two green. That's not bad. So, no, and and it's it's the randomness. Like when I play commander, I wanna I wanna have fun. So I'll miss a revelation, scry five. If I get something like something like an Ulamog, mm-hmm. I gain ten life, draw ten cards. So do you like that more? You, you mentioned you like the randomness. So do you tend to stray away from tutors? Yeah. So I do have the tutors in here. Like I have quarter calling and finale of devastation. Yeah. Uh, but I do enjoy just the randomness. Um, like another example is in my deck, I'm running levitation, which is just two and two blue creatures. You control have flying. There's clearly a much better one. The one you're running archetype of imagination. It's the enchantment creature creatures. You get have flying your opponent's creatures lose flying. Yeah. I have a stack of them and at any time I want, I could switch it out, but I just like playing levitation and having everyone else in the pod go like, what the fuck? Like, like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Uh, another fun one is Jace's archivist, two blue and one pay a blue oh, and tap the, the it. Wheeling one. Yeah. Each player discards their hand then draws cards equal a greatest number discarded this way. Um, yeah, just making everyone wheel, especially when I have nothing and I'm just churning through my deck looking for stuff. Um, it, it just messes with people. It doesn't really progress the game in a sense, but it definitely um, changes dynamics quickly. Yeah, it, it, it and, is interesting because you don't really see, at least in my experience, too many wheels with Crufix. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like, I know you could build a, a wheelie kind of deck with Crufix. And, you know, try to do, like, a self-mill deck and all that. Um, just sort of like how you have sort of that self-mill combo with Enter the Infinite and Lab Maniac. But yeah. It's, um, it's interesting to see something like that because typically that's more seen in something like Nekasar, especially. Exactly. Yeah. Something that isn't a, in, isn't a green deck. Like, it's... Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, Psychosis Crawler is... Uh, power and toughness equal number of cards in your hand whenever you draw a card each opponent loses one life so that can finish off the game with enter the infinite as well oh Um, yeah jesus yeah so there's like there's a bunch of these really weird cards in here that people like why is that in there but Mm -hmm. but they work and 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 that's why i like about crew fix but edh in general you can build a deck in any way with jank cards someone will look down on you but it doesn't matter because it works if you have the right supporting cards. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's um, and, and that's one of the things I love about EDH. You know, a friend of mine, long time ago, once described it as like a sandbox for Magic. Mm-hmm. Where I mean, yeah, you you can definitely play EDH to where you play nothing 
but good cards. But just like you said, there's those jank rares like Nissa's Revelation, which never, ever saw any play ever besides maybe in a booster draft. And that yeah. was only because they had nothing better to play in, in, their, <laughs> in their booster pick. And, you know, it can find a home in something like Crew Fix, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And that's one of my favorite things about it, too. Um, the Some of my favorite cards that I have in yeah, uh, my deck... Um, obviously I mentioned one earlier Hydra Broodmaster because mm-hmm. I just love the effect of just pooping out you know 30 30 30 Hydra tokens out on the field and just people just like yeah okay I give up um, or they're gonna try to be sneaky and be like oh nope board wipe and I just tell them no sorry that's not gonna happen um, yeah I for some reason I thought the Broodmaster only made two tokens oh that- no 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 it's x tokens <laughs> yeah that i i have a play set of them i might try to run that it's, de- it's definitely fun when you can get it off and um the some of my other favorite cards um let's see here i've always let's see seasons pass is always a really fun one um just because it's like you said i don't mind if I get wheeled out or, you know, if I, I, I want to recover maybe a cyclonic rift again, or maybe a mystic mm-hmm. confluence or something like that. I like playing that. Um, planar bridge is always a fun one. Um, if I can get it out early enough and people just start, you know, getting sad because I may get like a, you know, a turn seven or a turn six Ugin and they're just sad because they can't <laughs> do anything about it. Yeah. That, <laughs> When Planar Bridge was released, I'm like that would be a card to fit into Crewfix perfectly, oh, yeah. and and I never I ne- I guess it was kind of up in price. I'm I'm in this weird transition transition stage where I just finished being a university student and I have a real job. Mm-hmm. So so two years ago, I looked at Planar Planar Bridge. I'm like six dollars. I can't afford that for a piece of cardboard. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, oh, six dollars. That's not bad at all. That's cheap. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, so I, I, I know exactly what you mean. It's um, it's I, even though I'm getting away from paper magic more and more, and pr- pretty much all I play is just EDH and cube on paper. Mm-hmm. Um, and m- maybe once in a while popper. But I, I got to rebuild my popper decks because now they've banned so many cards since I've last played like gush and getaxium probe and i'm so sad about that um, <laughs> but um it's you know i i don't mind spending a little bit of money on some certain cards as as you can tell i'm looking at both of our lists it's you can definitely tell uh land is not a big priority for us for our mana bases <laughs> no not at all it's yeah i mean i know i could put in some fetch lands and um some you know maybe better duels and some shock lands and all that and maybe save up for a tropical island i'm like no i'm not gonna bother at all with it saving up for a tropical island that's intense (laughs) yeah but it's like i i don't want to i don't want to spend that much money on it it's like the the last time i spent a lot of money on uh lands was my my place at a gaia's cradles but that was before um, all the lands and legacy like blew up in price. That was like three, four years ago. Do you still have them? Yeah, yeah, I still got them. And I'm, nice. I'm kind of. I mean, I know I could sell them right now, and make a good profit. But no, th- those are kind of cards that I, I don't know if I'll ever sell. You know. Yeah. Because yeah. it's I'll probably never get them again if I sell them. 
No, exactly. No, but um, so we talked about you know what kind of new cards have come out with uh, mm-hmm. that we're sort of interested in. Yeah, I do have to agree. Uh, Throne of Eldraine. Let me just pull up Throne of Eldraine here again, real quick, because it's the newest hot set right now. Um, let me just quickly go over because I don't think I remember seeing anything. There actually was um one card that I thought did look interesting where you're sort of playing the lab maniac sort mm-hmm. of combo. Um where is it? It's that one blue artifact to where you make everybody draw cards. Um oh the book. The yeah, book. The, the folio um, of fancies. Players have no maximum hand size. You can pay double X each player draws X cards pay two and a blue each opponent puts a number of cards equal to number of cards in their hand from the top of their library into their graveyard so that would Mm. almost so for something like you that almost seems because you have the wheel with jace's archivist yeah and that would almost be instead of maybe just making them wheel their hand they're just gonna be like no i'm gonna make your uh you know, so each opponent puts a number of cards, equal number of cards in their hand from t- from the top of their library into their graveyard. You just make them throw away cards from their library, too. Yeah. So you could make them draw a shit ton of cards. Or, or maybe you target just one person, right? But you don't have enough to make them draw out their entire library. But then, you know, maybe on the next turn or something, you just pay the two and a blue and boom, you make them mill out the rest of their library. That's interesting. I didn't think about that card. That's a... Uh... That's a nice idea. I might need to check that out. Yeah. I just. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Go, no, go. Oh, I was just going to say, um, just looking at Throne of Eldraine right now, there's actually some cards that, that now that we're talking about it, uh, Gadwick the Wizened. Oh, yeah. I was it's just a, looking at that one, too. Yeah. I mean, nothing nothing insane, but it's a uh, 3-3 three, three with um, Blue Sun Zenith attached. So... Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And and the magic mirror is also cool. And I think this would probably yeah. fit more with my deck. I mean, this would still fit with your deck, but um mm-hmm. especially since I have a lot more instants and sorceries, so the magic mirror where the spell costs one less for each instant sorcery card in your graveyard, but then you know, at the beginning of your upkeep put a knowledge counter on it, then draw a card for each knowledge counter on it. Um Yeah. I mean, that one's pretty good. Uh let's see here yeah i guess the thing about crew fix is you're you're not really concerned about the the less cost so even if you have to for what if, i mean a doubtful but if you have to pay the three blue and six if it's not reduced at all you're still going to get the value that's not a big cost for you yeah i'm trying to think i'm looking at the green cards now see if i find anything here um I mean, the Great Henge. I mean, the Great mm-hmm. Henge... Actually, no, I don't think the Great Henge would fit with a deck like this. The Great Henge would fit more with a heavier creature deck if you're... At least in my opinion, because... Not that... I mean, we both play a good amount of creatures. Well, you play more creatures than I do. Yeah. Um, and the gain life is good, but in a plus one, plus one counter and draw a card... I mean, that's not the worst thing. Um... I don't know. I think for my deck, I think I'd rather play a different artifact than something like that than the Great Henge. What do you think? I mean, I I can see it fitting in in my deck because I I have thirty. Yeah, yeah, I think I have thirty four. Thirty four compared to and I you have, have twenty four. Yeah, twenty four. Yeah. Um. But I I don't know. Just looking at it, I think I wouldn't try to force it in. 
Um, yeah. If you have if you have enough creatures, or if you have a big enough creature to get the cost down lower, not that it matters, like we just discussed, um, you probably don't need that two green mana. Um, and you're, so what? Your Eldrazi gets a plus one, plus one counter, and you draw a card off it. It's okay, but I'm not going to try to fit it into my deck again just because it's new, you know? Yeah, I, I was I had a thought for a, for an instant here, then realized it wasn't as good. I was thinking if I were to try to put it in here, I'd replace Frontier Siege because with Frontier Siege, I always choose cons, but Frontier Siege is going to net me more mana in the long run. With exactly. It. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing with Frontier Siege when I read the two green that you get an enchantment cost four, you get your four green mana a turn, which is fantastic. Um, and then in a very niche situation, which I've done before, if your creatures have flying because of archetype of imagination or or levitation, you can choose the other option and have them fight something when they come in. Very stupid, oh, very shit. niche. You but... know what? I never, ever, ever thought of that. And and I've had Frontier Siege and Archetype of Imagination in my, both in my deck forever. And I never thought of... Because to me, it's like I always want to choose cons because I want to save that mana up for something really big and dumb. But yep. yeah, that does make sense. If I were to get Archetype of Imagination out, then choose dragons. Yeah, just start picking out, picking off people's creatures one by one. That'd be awesome. Yeah, it's kind of like, I guess I guess where my deck uh, lacks, where I think yours is much better, in, is I have a lot of dead draws late game because I'm running the mana dorks. And Frontier Siege falls into that, where late game, if I draw it, it's it's dead. But yeah. if I do have Levitation or some other s- stupid card out, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I, I can do the the fighting choice. Yeah, the um, no, I like that. the The only other green cards I see here, j- just completely mono green cards that would even be decent in Kurfix that I would at least consider putting in, um, would be Once Upon a Time, which is that card. Yeah. So far, playing it in arena lately is that that card's just been ridiculous. That that card's gonna see play in every format. It's yeah, it's the, yep, the fact that you can play it for free. I mean that that that's actually that would be the kind of card I would keep in a hand where you know maybe I only have three lands and all my other cards are pretty crap, but I've got the once upon a time at least. So I can mm-hmm. play that on my first turn just to see, okay, maybe I can do something with this hand. Um, and yeah. The, yeah. What were you going to oh. say? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh no. And the only other card I was going to say was, it looks like return of the wild speaker too mm-hmm. would be the only one. And I would choose the top one, draw cards equal to the greatest power among non-human creatures you control. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would just kind of comment on uh, Once Upon a Time. Little side note. Um, I Everyone, that, and even I was thinking that it could be a turn one play. If you if you don't play anything for your first two turns, you can still play that turn three for free if you haven't cast something else, which doesn't seem that mind-blowing, but when I saw someone do it in an arena video recently, I was like, what the fuck? Like, I don't... Yeah. And uh, it, that... that card is to me i wouldn't be surprised if that card replaces ancient stirrings and tron and tron yeah but i don't want to get into tron here because everyone will just start saying fuck tron and um (laughs) 
You're you're running a Ugin in your deck, crew, uh, Zuby. I, I almost called you crew fix there, Jesus. <laughs> you know, and it's funny because I actually used to have the Urza lands in my deck at first. Oh yeah. Um, but it just I got rid of them because it was so rare that I would ever get all three of them out, and yeah. just, they were kind of dead cards. So I I put in I replaced them with forests and islands instead. <laughs> the real EDH cards. Yeah. Um, looking at the multicolored cards, I mean, the, the Simic card, Marleaf Pixie is another mana dork that, you know, I could, I could see putting it in there if you want a mana dork. M- maybe you don't want just an Elvish Mystic or a Lanawar Elf. Maybe you want something to give blue or green to mm-hmm. help you out with some color fixing. The yeah. Oko Thief of Crowns. I, I was going to ask... What your what are your thoughts on him? Would you put if you packed him or for whatever reason you got a hold of one, would you put him in your crew fix deck? No, because I don't see him being very useful for me. Um it's the the I mean the plus one where target artifact or creature loses all abilities and becomes a green elk creature. That is probably the most useful ability he has in my crew fix deck. Um because I could have other people's artifacts or creatures become that mm-hmm. you know um but other than that i don't think i'd waste i don't think i'd waste a spot for him what do you think i mean i uh what the plus one is like you said the only good part about him but it's a commander killer that's that's what people are i guess are happy about it is that you turn their commander um into a 3-3 elk that they would have to then chump block to get it back to the command zone or or sack it or what have that's you. That's true. I didn't think of that. Yeah, I mean, that, that's very true where, you know, I, I can't argue against that. It's Yeah. But I guess the final answer, would I try to stuff this in my deck? Maybe I would replace Nissa with it to try it out. But uh, I think I would much rather sell it for uh, the 25 bucks or whatever it's going for right now. Yeah, I know. It's kind of ridiculous. I mean, so far... Not to try to get too deep into standard right now, but ju- just playing him in standard, it's ridiculous how good he is. And I, and I remember first seeing the card, I'm like, yeah, it's, it's not going to be that good. Yeah. T- to me, I mean, the plus one is the best part, but food. To- I thought food tokens were going to be complete crap. And I'm yeah. finding myself to be completely wrong on it, just like I am with everything. <laughs> oh, don't worry. <laughs> don't worry. I was there with you. I'm like, food tokens, that's, that's fucking stupid. Yeah, but uh, just just having them in pre-release, I I hated them. Jesus, oh really? Who would have thought? I, I unfortunately yeah, who I didn't get to go to pre-release. Unfortunately. Oh, oh I'm so sorry. I, I had to miss it. No, I I had to work. Um, it was actually my fault. I had to work because I put because I made myself go to work on Saturday because I had some oh. stuff to do because I'm going on vacation soon and i'm trying to get as much stuff done at work before i go on vacation so it's my fault yeah yeah well miss a pre-release go on vacation it's a pretty good trade yeah not the worst thing um i'm looking at the the brawl only cards now and throwing a veil drain um i'm i mean there's the steelbane hydra which is a very nice card yeah, and I love like how it's a yeah it's a turtle hydra. I love turtles and I love hydras, so that's really cool. Um, yeah. But other than that, I mean, besides arcane signet, I mean that that's just a given. Yeah. Um, I can't believe it's a thirty dollar card, which is ridiculous. It's absolutely nuts, but completely expected in where EDH is right now. 
yeah. and the limit the like how limited the brawl decks are going to be even if they print m- more than a second run this card is not going down to to anywhere close to what other mana rocks are in edh i know and, and i know we're supposed to be focusing on crew fix but i cannot wait to buy the two lane deck because oh, yeah. it, it's and i i've oh, i've been wanting to build bant for a long time but I, i'm not a big fan of derevi or any of the other f- popular bant commanders because to me they're just kind of eh two lane is exactly the kind of deck i want to build draw cards play big dumb creatures and ramp up <laughs> yeah That's sounds like you uh should just be playing your crew fix deck <laughs> i know right? well, i know but at least i have some white though yeah it's true <laughs> it's it's hard to argue with that yeah i'm just looking at the brawl decks now i finally found found them um yeah there's not a whole lot eh not really um it's i'm you can make an argument for the blue fairy the fairy formation where you can mm-hmm. at least create a fairy you know a chump blocker and draw a card i could see that being a contender for crew fix but the other <laughs> two blue cards i wouldn't put it in uh, crew fix at all not unless i was having a heavy artifact theme with it yeah yeah um and then steelbane hydra i mean thorn mammoth isn't the worst but i'd rather have steelbane hydra for it yeah i mean if you had a thorn mammoth and had flex spots in your crew fix deck sure try it out but i'm not i'm not putting it in and i doubt you will either for sure so Speaking of crew fix here, uh, let's talk about a little bit of some other commanders. What what do you feel are some of the better matchups for you? Like like what commanders are good matchups for you, and what what commanders do you just dread going up against as crew fix that you can think of? And, um, and maybe it's just in your group or stuff you played on Magic Online or what have you. I'm not too sure, to be honest. That's a very good question. I'm just trying to think of my old play group because I recently just, because I moved, I got a new play group. Um, mm-hmm. My old play group, I hated, uh, well, I hate group hug decks in general. So there was, a, though, four color, the Kings of Theros. Um, oh, I forget. Theros. Yeah, maybe that's just the name that the girl that played it called them. It was. Uh, it was a blue, white, red, and green commander from 2017. Is that the uh, the Kinos and Tiro? That that's it. Of that yeah, oh, I, I had yeah. a group hug deck of them before, but it it was literally it it wouldn't like it wasn't a stacks group hug deck where you couldn't attack me. It was just I was letting everybody draw, and you know people could kill me if they wanted to, but I'd help them out. I'd help everybody out too much. Yeah, yeah. This was this was a mix of stacks and helping everyone out, besides people that were in the lead. And yeah, it, it was just a nightmare. But there was specifically a card in there against my crew fix deck. I forget what exactly it did, but it had something to do with um, mana in my mana pool, or or maybe the converted mana cost of a a creature. But it it outright killed me a few games like Shit. not in a row but i and i forget the card exactly i'm not being very a very good uh <laughs> very good guest here i know you're but fine. It, it was something where when she played it it was just like fuck i'm dead i think it had something to do with mana in my mana pool or 
would it do like some sort of mana burn to you or something yeah something like that and i might be completely off off um off keel with yeah i'm curious what that that. card is because i'll have to avoid it if i ever see it yeah Yeah, but it, it was something to do where she put it in there specifically for crew fix and it got me a few times um for whatever reason it was i forget um but yeah other decks um not a big fan of rune decks uh oh rune that's the other band commander the yeah rhino the other, one. yeah the rhino one because they can kind of just disrupt your board um find ways to mess with crewfix even though he's an enchantment um yeah how about you i can't think of any maybe you talking about some decks will trigger my memory well um I just think of the decks that my friends like to play. Um, I mentioned Nekasar a lot. I hate Nekasar. Um, even though I used to have a Nekasar deck, I took it apart because it just felt too plain. Like it felt just too one, one like a one trick pony show, mm-hmm. um, just wheeling out. So instead, I built a Nicobolus Thief deck where I just I Ooh. play your deck instead. Uh, that sounds fun. <laughs> but um. So I really don't like Nekasar. I hate Animar. Oh my god, I hate playing against Animar. Um, Animar just can get ridiculous so quickly if they really built the deck well. Um, mm-hmm. Because as you know with Animar, every time you cast a creature spell, you know it gets a 1-1 counter, but then creature spells get cheaper for each 1-1 counter Animar has. So yep. at that point, they're just playing creatures for free, and then they can do infinite combos with Palancron and um, the other Drake. Uh, I can't remember the, the other. Oh, uh, Peregrine Drake? Yeah, yeah, Peregrine Drake, and then yeah. you're just like, well, shit, I don't have any counter spells or anything like that, and I'm just basically dead. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll usually tell my friend, like, yeah, do you have the kill? Because I'm dead. Like, it, <laughs> I have no counters at all. Um, and, um... Oh, God, let me just take a look at some of the top commanders just of the past two years. Mm-hmm. I mean, Atraxa is, especially if they're playing Super Friends Atraxa, I'm just like, the most annoying thing ever. Because yeah. they'll either play Atraxa Super Friends or Atraxa Infect. And just like, <sighs> oh, you're so original. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're right up there. Yeah. And then... um. And then usually, like, super aggressive decks can sometimes just completely wipe me out. Like, if anyone's playing, like, Cranko or, um, Cranko, or, <laughs> um, I, I know there's other aggressive commanders. Like, Edgar Markov is another one that's yeah, a super that's... aggressive one. You know, they can just completely wipe me out where I just, I'm, I'm a little bit too slow to mm-hmm. be able to wipe them out if I, if I don't get enough lucky ramp or draws or anything like that. Yeah, I, you did trigger my memory on one. I would not have good experiences with the Ur Dragon or anything similar with that. Oh, the, the five color one. The five color one, but really, it just any any that deck that has big dumb flyers. Um, I it doesn't matter how big my Eldrazi were if I didn't have Levitation out. Um, I, I couldn't block them right, so yeah. I, I would just die from stupid flying dragons or flying whatever i flyers were a deck i struggled against yeah i've I've noticed most decks at least for me is if they're aggressively fast i'm gonna have problems with them yeah um if i 
Because if I'm lucky and able to get enough ramp out quickly, uh, then I, I'll usually have a better time. Like if I'm able to do like a turn three crew fix and they're playing aggressive, then I'll have a better chance of trying to come up with something, come up with some mm -hmm. sort of plan to put a stop to them. Um, another deck that I really hate playing against is Kalia of the Vast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Where Kalia just gets out of control because you can play Kalia really quickly if they have mana rocks. Um, mm -hmm. And then it's just, oh, they just start pooping out angel demons or dragons pretty quickly. And you're like, oh, shit, I can't do anything about it. Yeah, <laughs> that's... It, it just gets too ridiculous at that point. Yeah, there was a Kalia deck in, in my old play group that came up around the time I was leaving. I only played against it maybe a handful of times. And it's it's a good commander. It's a good commander, and it's gross. Um, but that but what you were saying is, yeah, aggressive decks really do hurt Krufix, which is saying something because Krufix is quite a quick deck with the right draws. Like oh, yeah. turn turn three Krufix is not an uncommon play. Um, and in really rare instances, I've got in a turn two crew fix. Um, How the f how'd you manage that? It's usually something stupid where it's like forest into soul ring into a signet. Uh, or like I have a soul ring and a mana crypt in my opening hand. At the si yeah. 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 I, okay. I can see that. Yeah. That, that's just ridiculous right there yeah yeah I, okay yeah i forgot you have mana crypt that's still one card holy shit it's still like 200 bucks yeah that, so so did you manage oh, to pull one out of eternal masters i was that's what i was gonna <laughs> do a story going back when when i was deciding between rakdos and crufix i was actually away for from work and i was working in a remote area um where we had very basic internet it was like very basic google uh like gmail um, but not the fancy Gmail you see when you log in. It was like the yeah. basic HTML Gmail. Um, so I remember when I finally decided to choose Crewfix, I didn't have one. And I sent an email to my friend. This is supposed to be like contacting loved ones and, and emergency situations. I just send this yeah. basic email like, buy Crewfix. I'll pay you back. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah. And then I came, I came back from work. Uh, after a few months back to my town and uh, my buddy got me a crew fix and he also bought each of us five eternal master packs because uh, that was the summer they came out and and I pulled a mana crypt in one of them and it's like I don't know if there's a god but if there is he wants me to to put this into my crew fix deck so that's awesome yeah it's I can't even remember I think I only pulled a few eternal master packs i don't even remember what i got i probably sold it right away um oh oh speaking of commanders that i hate playing against this is a recent it's the commander has been out i think for a year now but mm -hmm. it's something that i've just recently played against on magic online um that's eureka the tiger shadow have you ever played oh, against that commander? i haven't played against it but i've uh I, w again old play group when i left someone just made it i never saw saw how it went but, uh... It is stupid. Oh my god, it's stupid. It's um, basically it's again, it's like a hyper aggressive deck, and then they just play a bunch of ninjas that just pretty much just pick your hand apart or just kill you, and you know, just yeah. all all around ridiculousness and like unblockable creatures and stuff like that. It 
it, it's hard it's hard to take care of board wipe board wipes definitely help but like mm-hmm. i said if you have that slow hand it's you're gonna just be done at that point yeah yeah uh they play a lot of extra turns in that deck yeah as well that, don't they yeah. yeah yeah i've seen that before um it's so I, I guess sort of getting near the end of this here um mm-hmm. what how would you convince someone to try out crucifix like if they were you know not really sure oh, what commander to pick or or they've just never wanted to try crucifix like what would you tell them hey th- this is why you should play crucifix well honestly i'd probably tell them not to play crucifix because i want to be the only one playing crucifix <laughs> <laughs> Like, shockingly, when we went on the EDH rack tonight, um, just before we started, Crufix is the third most played Simic Commander. Mm-hmm. I uh, I didn't see that coming, because I've only ever seen one other Crufix deck in all my times of playing EDH. Yeah, I've uh, only, um, speaking of that, in paper, I think I've only ever seen one other Crufix player. On Magic Online, I definitely see a lot more Crufix players on Magic Online. Yeah. But they're, I, I, they're usually, you know, about the same, you know, play big, dumb Eldrazi for the most part. Yeah, nothing nothing unique going on with yeah. them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's he's more played than, I mean, barely, but more played than Edric, Spymaster. Yeah, more played than and- Rashmi, too, because Rashmi, I almost feel just on paper is the better commander than Krufix because Rashmi can get out of hand quickly. Yeah. And that the times that I've played against Rashmi, it's, it's can go really ridiculous sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. She's a, that that's a cascade one, right? Yeah. It will. Yeah. Whenever you cast your first spell, each turn reveal the top card of your library. If it's a non-land card or a converted mana cost less than that spell, you may cast it without paying its mana cost. If you don't cast the revealed card, put it into your hand. Yeah, so, so it's it's just helping you dig through your deck pretty quickly. Yeah. And yeah, more played than Kumena, which I thought would be... You know, people like their fish. I don't get the hype with Merfolk, but people like it. Yeah. Um, Apparently some real popular people in the Magic community like Merfolk, and I've just always been like, eh, they're not as good as elves. Yeah, they're not... <laughs> Like if I'm gonna They're pick not. a tribe, I'll pick elves, because There's... because my my elf deck, um, my Rise the Redeem deck, that's definitely my go-to tribal elf deck, right there. Right. Oh yeah. Where I just he... poop out so many tokens. That's a green white one, right? Yep. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. He he just poops tokens out like crazy. Um. Yeah. So that is pretty surprising. You know, I'm also a little bit surprised. Uh, that experiment Kraj isn't higher up on the list either. Yeah, I have seen some stupid, ridiculous experiment Kraj decks before. That I, that I that even playing as Krufix, I cannot deal with. Yeah, no experiment Kraj is that that that's a very good point. Uh, you can do some stupid, stupid shit with experiment Kraj, including I'm not sure if you can do it in green blue efficiently, but in if you have other colors, you can use him as a secondary planeswalker in some cases. Like if you have a planeswalker, oh, yeah, yeah, that's, uh, true. that's true. Yeah. yeah. If you have a planeswalker, you turn into a creature and then put a counter on it. You can start making experiment cross use that planeswalker's loyalty abilities again, very niche. But if, if I had one, I'd probably be trying to do stupid shit like that. 
Yeah, I remember the first time playing Crewfix and then playing against Experiment Crage, they uh, they played a... Because they knew I was more of a control deck. They play Horseshoe Crab, which is just okay. a two and a blue uh, crab creature where you pay one blue untap Horseshoe Crab. And I'm thinking to myself, that's ah, not that big a deal. It's Experiment Crage. You know, whatever. I don't care. Um, and then right after that, I think the next turn they play Thornling, which is the three double green, you know, elemental shapeshifter. It's a four, four, and you basically pump it up and do all this stuff. And, yeah. um, they, oh God, there, there was another, I don't remember another creature they played, but they essentially had an infinite mana, mana combo and they had another creature too, that just, I don't remember, but they basically had an infinite mana combo and was able to kill everybody on that turn. And I didn't realize that Horseshoe Crab was part of that combo. Yeah. Infinite Man, and I'm like, wait, what? This is stupid. <laughs> well, you could do that with uh, with Incubation Druid. Going back to that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah with that, yeah, this is before uh, Ravnica Allegiance out. So yeah. yeah. You could do that now with Incubation Druid. Um, yeah. So, like yeah. I said, I'm surprised that's not up higher, but so, so you would basically tell someone not to play Crufix because oh. you don't want them to? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, back on track. No, that's um, fine. Yeah, I mean, no, I uh, I got to be honest. I'm, I want to spread the love of Crufix. Be the prophet of Crufix. Rest in peace, <laughs> prophet of Crufix. Um, I don't know. I think, I think Crufix embodies everything that you want to do in green-blue. You have no maximum hand size, so you get to draw your cards. You have a shit ton of mana to do whatever you want. And then you just play big, dumb, stupid stuff. And, yeah. I mean, if people don't like the sound of that, then they can go play their Cranko or their Kalia or their Atraxa and leave me the fuck alone because I don't want to associate <laughs> with those people. Um, no, but yeah, you make a good point. To You're right. I, I do think, when I think of Crufix, I do think of like the embodiment of Simic. Now, I know, you know, there's going to be probably Vorthos heads out there. Well, Simic is actually, you know, this and that with, with the Simic Combine. And Ravnica. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, no. When I think of like the color pie, like ju it just Simic, when I think of the green-blue color pie, I feel like it does showcase both those colors greatly like you said the no maximum hand size and just being able to save up a bunch of mana is mm -hmm. to me the the allure of green and blue um and so what i yeah. would tell someone where if you if you're sort of more of a timmy player where you like playing those big creatures and you want to play a hydra you know pay 20 mana into that hydra and it's it comes out as a 2020 that deck is for you right there exactly you should be you should be selling these decks not me <laughs> um i oh sorry well Continue. no no it's um i, I did want to bring up real quick you brought up something that i completely forgot about uh profit of crufix yes um, did you play that card when it was legal in edh no so i didn't i didn't have my crufix deck when that was legal did oh, did, did okay. you play it yes but i didn't play it uh because I didn't have Seedborn Muse or Teferi Mage of Zulfir in my deck at the time. Uh, that basically is Prophet of Crufix and one. So when mm -hmm. I played Prophet of Crufix, a lot of people were thinking, oh, do you win now? Because you can infinite combo into that so quickly. I told yeah. them, no, I, 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 
I, I'm not going to infinite combo. I'm just going to build up a shit ton of mana, probably play Hydra Broodmaster because I don't, because I think when I played it, I didn't have any Eldrazi in the deck. It was just more Hydra based because I just yeah. wanted to play big dumb Hydras because of profit accrue fix. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a sad as banned, but it's understandable why it was yeah. banned. But I wasn't abusing yeah. it. I, I didn't abuse I know. it. <laughs> I know. I, I have cards like that, too, where it comes down and people... I mean, not in my crew fix deck, but in other decks where people are like, oh, shit, game over. It's like, no, I'm just doing this to, to play with myself. <laughs> it's, yeah. I mean, I, I know people like to complain about Cyclonic Rift, like, oh, it's too abusive and all that stuff. But to me... You know, yeah, it resets the board for everyone but yourself. Mm-hmm. But you know what? If you're so, I guess the one argument I have against that is if someone doesn't counter it, that's kind of that pod's fault. Because especially, you know, every time I've played Crewfix, if I'm in a pod and no, and there's no other blue player, there is a much greater chance I'm going to win that game. Yes. At least in my experience. I mean, yeah, there's always going to be those certain commanders that it doesn't matter if they're playing counter spells or board wipes at all. They're just going to win, right? But yeah. just overall average in my experience, it's if there's no other blue player, it's okay. I'm basically going to win if I get really good draws here. That's a really good observation because I'm just thinking about past games and the last game I played with Crufix, I lost and I lost against a Zagana deck. I killed the other two players and then the, the Zagana deck cyclonic drift me and then kicked my ass. Yeah, that um, happens. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I do have a question for you though. Sure. Um, the next set we're going to is Theros. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> do, do you think, do you think we're going to see Crufix or another iteration of them? And if so, do you think they could make him any better? Well, like what, so, what, if you could design a crew, for, I guess I, I have I'm, I'm shotgunning you with questions here. Sure. So let's just start with: Do you think we'll see crew fix again? Well, okay. So it's been a long time since I've read the story of Theros, and the only thing I can remember is what Elspeth killing Heliod, and then Elspeth dying. But I don't remember what happened with crew fix though. Like, I, I didn't he like help Elspeth get into Nyx or something? And yeah, it was something like. Oh, we're being Vorthos now. Yeah, I, it, it, it's been forever since I've read it. I'd have to look it up. But so so I guess, I mean, it's possible we could see Crufix, right? Because he didn't die or anything. No, and and if I remember correctly, I think he had a foreshadowing part where he was told about the Eldrazi and the Phyrexians and Nicol Bolas because it was a Johnny and Elspeth. Okay. And he was told about that. And I remember him thinking, like it was just dialogue in his head, that he was thinking that if any of those things came to Theros, the gods were no match. Like the gods think they're these almighty beings. But if Ooh. any of those threats came, they would be powerless. Ooh, so does that mean we're going to see Phyrexians on Theros then? Cause that, that's what I want to see. Nicobolus and the Eldrazi are basically taken care of. And then the Phyrexian, oh my god. Because I love Greek mythology, and then, you know, the Phyrexians are the callback to, you know, Dominaria and all that. Um, yeah. And, of course, I know Mirrodin and all that, but to me it's more Dominarian than anything. Um, but so, it, so yeah, I think it is possible we could see Crufix. Um, now, what would a new Crufix commander look like? Now, would, would it be another enchantment god creature? 
I don't know if it would because I don't know if they're gonna do devotion again. I don't know. Really? Yeah. So someone brought up at pre-release that there. I mean, again, there seems to be like these Eldraine cards had very heavy monocolor converted mana cost. They had the legendary cycle of three yeah, of they, that. They do. That's true. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I didn't think of this. Someone brought it to my attention, and it's like, holy shit, are they going to do Devotion again? I don't know. I mean, I feel like knowing Wizards, I mean, to me it would make sense to do it, but knowing Wizards, they want to do a new mechanic because that's what mm -hmm. they like doing for every set. Yeah. Um, maybe there would be some cards that would have Devotion. I mean, obviously we're probably not going to see every single god printed out because that's no. just too many gods. There's, what, 15, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, now there's what 14 because Heliod is dead. Um, oh, yeah, so I mean, Xenagos is dead. Oh, yeah, Xenagos is dead too, right? Yeah, Heliod will be dead. <laughs> Wait, did was it Xenagos that night or Heliod? I thought it was both, or am I? I thought I'm completely oh, terrible at this. <laughs> Elspeth killed Xenagos and then Heliod yeah. killed Elspeth, but did oh. she kill him at the same time? I don't know, I don't remember. Well, see, that, that was the thing I was going to ask, like, does Gideon maybe ascend to a god or something? Oh, fuck off. I don't want to see Gideon anymore. <laughs> Poor Gids. Um, he's he's happy. Let him. He's with his friends in the afterlife. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, let him stay there. I mean, but so what would a new Crufix commander look like? Would it stay Simic? If it stayed Simic, let me see. Um... You could do something like the green part could be something like, um, I mean, something boring off the top of my head, like each, you know, creature enters with an additional one, one counter on it. And then the blue part could be, I've got like a draw card thing, but that sounds too much like, sounds too boring though. Um, what what could it be? Because right now we have a maximum hand size and you get to keep your mana. So if we were to try to go on the same path, yeah, maybe. Well, I was thinking what you were saying. If 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 they did the plus one plus one counter, then the blue could be like remove X counters from creatures you control. Take like take and or draw that many cards or take control of a creature or something. I could see something like that, yeah, or maybe, okay, well, I don't know how broken this would be, but maybe they enter in with a plus one, plus one counter, and then you could pay, you know, X amount to remove X amount of counters from whatever permanents you have, and you prevent that much damage from happening. Ooh, like fog effect. <laughs> like a fog effect or something, I mean maybe that wouldn't be too good but if there was a way to like build up a crap ton of counters which there are there's a lot of cards for that you know mm -hmm. you could just be like okay i'm just it could be a more aggressive crew fix right yeah where you go swinging in and then you know they're trying to swing and attack you and you're just like nope gonna prevent all the damage or maybe we could be even something dumber and you give all your you know creatures and stuff you know hexproof and shroud so they can't be targeted either yeah, hexproof would be another way to go. That's a because he is a pacifist in the story. Yeah, I it's because it's I 
it's too easy for me to just want to do something similar and like maybe just add a color to him, like maybe make him Bant or Teamer or something mm-hmm. like that. But if he's more of a pacifist, it'd be it'd be easy to add white onto his color pie and just do something like you gain life when you when you know yeah. something. But I don't know. I think I kind of like that idea. They give him counters, and then you reduce counters to prevent something, prevent damage, or or give them hexproof or something like that. And it could yeah. it could make your crew fix a more go wide deck. Yeah. Yeah. Do tokens or something. I don't know. I I guess that's the one downside of him is, and we kind of touched on that is you don't really see super unique decks with him. Like, he hits the table and you're kind of like, okay, this player is going to do big spells or big creatures. Yeah, for the most part, yeah. And it's and just like looking at our list, it's how are you going to do that? You, you Yours is definitely a more alpha strike deck mm-hmm. and mine's definitely more control. Um, so, I mean, there's different ways to build it, you know. Yeah. Um, you know speaking of speaking of different kind of builds um when i'm looking at some of the the cards that edh rec is posing here um Mm -hmm. there's one card here that i have been really tempted to put in but i also hate it because it's such a makes you a high target and that would be gin gitaxis yes and you could probably say the same about the green one too vorinclex yeah vorinclex it's it's I I know I could easily put them in and it would make my deck better. It's just I I already have enough high target aggro aggro cards per se. Um, being yeah. like all the Eldrazi and all that. It's just I don't want to. I guess I don't want to piss off the pod even more because then they're just gonna be like, oh fuck that, we're gonna kill you right away so you don't keep doing stupid stuff like that. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and that that my thoughts exactly. It goes with. You, you want to do your stuff, but you don't want to be uh, assuming. Or you want to be unassuming. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, it was Mystic Snake. That was the other one that, that I put in, that I didn't put in, or I put Frilled Mystic in um, instead of uh, Mystic Snake. Ba- basically, they're the same card. You know, there's... Mm-hmm. Sorry, it's like my mind's going like 5 million miles a second. No, here. don't worry about it. Could talk <laughs> no, about, so, we could make a podcast just about Crewfix. Oh my god. Horizons, a Crewfix podcast. <laughs> just talk about our games and yeah. go over each individual card. Um, But, so there's another card that I had on my deck forever since the very beginning that I no longer have in here. Um, mm-hmm. Just because of the nature of me trying to perfect my deck the best way it can be and that is progenitor mimic i used to have progenitor mimic in my deck for a long time Um, i was actually gonna ask you about that so for just for people who don't know it's a four green and blue shapeshifter um you may have progenitor mimic enter the battlefield as a copy of any creature on the battlefield except it gains at the beginning of your upkeep if this creature is in a token create a token that's a copy of this creature so i if i remembered correctly i would copy I may not even have it in my deck anymore I don't even remember I I probably copy something like acidic slime or eternal witness would Mm -hmm. be the two cards because especially eternal witness where okay I'm going to play cyclonic rift okay I'm going to play progenitor mimic copying my eternal witness I'm just going to get it back again oh my god that'd be (laughs) gross holy shit yeah it's disgusting but god you're you're making me want to put it back in almost but um 
That would be messed up, man. That would be every turn you could do that. Yeah, I can't remember what I replaced it with now. Now that I'm looking at it, I probably, I probably took it out and put like Ristic Study or Omniscience when I finally got Ristic Study because I didn't have that for the longest time. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have it, or it would be in the deck. I have the I have the fish one, Mystic Remora. <laughs> yeah, the, <laughs> like, it's it's a lot less. Um, I mean, it's still good with Crufix because the cum- cumulative upkeep. Yeah, it's going to start getting costly after a while, but um, you know, in, in after a while, it's not going to be that much of a big deal because you're going to keep saving up mana anyway mm-hmm. with it. But Ristic Study, it's I, I know it's an, an an obnoxious card, but it's such a good card too. Yeah. Um, I did have a question about one of the cards in your deck. Sure. That I was curious about. Merc Fiend Liege. Do you, is that like why is that in there? Just I'll just be up front. Um You know what? That is I could probably do with getting rid of that because that is that is one of the first creature cards that I put in um, back when it was more Hydras and I mainly kept it in there to get Crufix online and pump them up and also pump mm-hmm. up some of my other green and blue creatures as well mm-hmm. um, but yeah you're right that could be I could probably get rid of it but that that's sort of a it's a relic from a bygone era of my deck it, I yeah. still like it because you know I can untap some of my mana dorks that I have in or um, you know like my birds or my incubation druid yeah and survive the crack back if you swing with everything yeah Mm -hmm. i'm sorry not to be not to aggressively put you on the spot that's fine that's fine yeah i was uh because it's been in it doesn't make sense really now i could possibly put something else in it that is better but um yeah i mean that's the original reason why i had it in because it was there was no eldrazi at the beginning yeah yeah because i've always slipped it into like testing with crufix and then i'm like why why it's not really doing much and i and even when i have probably five six mana dorks and i still it's like yeah it's not it's not worth it yeah it for right now the best thing it does for me right now is just help get crufix online if i need a blocker yeah Um, and plus since it pumps up crufix twice it makes them a what a six nine no, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, six nine at that point. Um, yeah. So I mean, yeah, I, I'm looking at the EDH wreck, and I'm remembering some of the other cards I used to have in. Um, you know, I used to have Oracle of Maldaya and Corsair Crufix in there. I'm um, used to mm-hmm. have Dead Eye Navigator for. Ooh. What the hell did I have Dead Eye Navigator in there for? Exalt then return. There, there must have been some other card I had it in there for that I do not remember right now. Oh, maybe it was Eternal Witness I had it in there for. Yeah. Oh, no, no. I remember why. Because I used to be really degenerate and have Palancron in this deck, too. (laughs) (laughs) Just to get infinite mana and then pump up all my Hydras to, you know, whatever and kill people with. I remember that Jesus. Oh, my God. I forgot all about that. Well, something you could do, and I know it's two cards, so you might not always get it, is if you put Deadeye back in and you had frilled mystic you would just have a counter on a stick oh shit <laughs> oh <laughs> man that i mean it's a po- well because you know what i think we have found the card to replace Murkfiend Liege with in my deck here maybe get rid of that and put dead eye back in and 
there you go because it would go great with frilled mystic like you said yeah. or eternal witness or um acidic slime yeah um god what else no. yeah, i'm trying to... i think that'd really be it just those um yeah just really those cards but i mean even then it's not the worst thing in the world just doing those those three yeah and you could always you know attach it to something else and then chump and then blink so it doesn't die yeah that's true that's true yeah. now you want i have three dead eyes now you want me to go get a fourth one to put into crew fix <laughs> <laughs> yeah cause, oh yeah because i remember you know i'm starting to remember i did have some more infinite combos in there too where i think i even had uh enter the infinite i used to have chasm skulker in there oh yeah yeah i would just draw a shit ton of cards and then you know okay i i i think i'd kill chasm skulker myself just to have a shit ton of one ones out the squids Um, yeah yeah so the there's oh you know i took that out so that's right another hydra i used to have on my deck uh was mana gorger hydra and oh that that i have nightmares about that card i i'm surprised yeah i took it out for probably something i don't remember what i replaced it with but um I have actually won games with just that one card. I, I remember specifically winning this one pod with just that card out because I, I, I don't remember. No one could get rid of it. Everyone basically ignored it. And everybody, I think it got up as high as like a 22-22. And I was just either chump blocking them or I would counter them trying to kill it. And I'd just swing and kill one person then go after the other person. <laughs> and the other and just no one could stop it and that that was the only creature i had out too besides that's Crowfix. incredible <laughs> that's fantastic uh, yeah that card that was a good one you should throw it back in a card that i've been very tempted to try out is um mass manipulation from ravnica yeah, that's right that is a really that that would go really good with crew fix too yeah. um I actually have that in my Nicobolus deck, my Thief deck, because it it goes perfect with it. But something like this where you can build up a lot of mana and four blue is pretty much nothing for this deck. Mm -hmm. Um, That's actually... Yeah, I would definitely try it out. Um, You could probably almost get rid of... I don't know what could you... you, I mean, Sylvan Scry... Well, no, Sylvan Scry and four ramp... um, I, I could I could take out my favorite combo of Enter the Infinite <laughs> and Labman and Psychosis Crawler. Um, oh, you know what? I was um I was talking to uh Chase uh Mana Curves uh just last mm-hmm. night and um she told me like when she plays EDH, she cause she has like, you know, a few combos like that just draw out your deck. So yeah. she no longer plays Lab Maniac in her decks now. She now plays the new Jace Planeswalker oh. instead. Because yeah. a lot more people are when they see that new Jace come out, they're gonna be like, Oh, whatever, you're just gonna draw some cards or something like that. You know, who cares? So they they're so unassuming with that because as soon as people see Lab Maniac come out, they're like, Oh, okay, I know what you're doing. You know, you're you're yeah. gonna try to win. With Lat with the new Jays, you're they're gonna be like, okay, yeah, whatever, who cares about that planeswalker then play Enter the Infinite? Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. You know, I, uh, maybe just to change it up one time, try the new Jace and see 
and just get people to think like, oh shit, what the hell are you doing now? And just get yeah. them confused. Yeah, because whenever I do, like if I'm playing Lab Man, I've already played Enter the Infinite. Yeah, it's, yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. But uh, if I'm if I'm playing Lab Man as a blocker or something, I'm not winning that game. But you're right. You could get the Jace out just to have value. Draw your few cards here and there. And then if you get the combo, then... Uh, I, I like this uh, discussion we've been having, Zuby. This is... <laughs> it's been it's been really fun. Um, Makes me want to reconsider my Crewfix deck. I want to play it right now. I know, right? <laughs> it's you know we should do something because you ever see a MTG lexicon how they do their paper EDH just over Skype and all that. Yeah, um, I you know you and I, I we should try to do something like that. Maybe just do Crewfix versus Crewfix. And see who ramps up the most. I'd be I'd be so down for that, or even just get a play group going, because because Slivers went on to Lexicon recently. Yeah, he did, and, and he has like a little setup now to where he showed me the little setup that he did, and it's just like this weird little camera pod, and it's a really simple setup too. He just uses web camera and puts it on that pod and plays that way, and you know it that would be kind of fun to do like film it or, or stream it or something like that. And yeah, you know, it's, um, I'd be down for something like that. It's, I just need the time. That's my problem. Yeah. That's, it sucks being an adult. I, <laughs> I was it, thinking about this today. It's like playing a kid's card game as an adult is so liberating because I have the money, but it's also so restrictive because I have a job. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I think about that because one thing since i'm not playing modern or legacy anymore i took apart my legacy and modern decks um and you know i sold off pretty much all my fetch lands and all my my really good lands and all that mm -hmm. and and i think about it now where now i'm playing pretty much edh and i look at all my mana bases for my edh decks and i'm like wow they are terrible yeah. <laughs> i probably should have kept all my fetches but you know i i kind of wanted the money at the time and you know it's it's not the worst thing in the world so i was i think like i could go and you know buy all the fetches again but it's like do i want to yeah do I, do it's I really like want to spend all that money for it for a cra i don't i don't mind uh, you know evolving wilds or you know terramorphic expanse and they're not the best cards but you know i don't mind them you know no well i mean you're playing uh wilderness reclamation who cares if they come in taft yeah and then um and then when I get my uh, case of Throne of Eldraine, if I get some Fabled Passages, boom, there you go. There you go. You get your Evolved Wilds. Yeah, and, they I, all yeah, and I do have the Prismatic Vista, too, as well. I've got a few copies of those, so I could put that in there, you know? Nice. But, I, I, think, I think I'm doing the opposite of you. I, I was into EDH, and now I'm trying to go into Paper Modern. So I have a bunch of EDH cards in my EDH decks that I have to take out and put into my modern yeah, deck. I, I've done that. Um, what what kind of modern deck? I mean, switching to modern real quick. What kind of modern deck are you trying to build right now? Uh, so I'm building a. It's it's nothing tiered or competitive, but it's um. There's a video on my channel from probably almost two years ago now. It's called Killing You Kindly. And the deck revolves around uh, Forbidden Orchard, the land that taps for any color, but mm -hmm. gives your opponents a 1-1 spirit. Oh, uh, okay. It, it's revolved around that, and uh, the curse from Amonkhet that says whenever a creature enters the battlefield under an opponent's control, they lose one life. Mm -hmm. um, 
and then uh, stuff that kills off tokens, like give tokens neg one, neg one, uh, shrieking affliction, I think it's called. Okay. And then and then like blood artist. So, and basically, and then the rest of the deck is just control and pillow fort. Oh God. So it's <laughs> so yeah, it's like turn one, you don't really do anything. Turn two, turn th- turn two, you might do your blood artist. Turn three, you drop your ghostly prison. And then you start dropping your forbidden orchards with your uh, expedition maps to tutor them up. And then at the end, you just wait. And at the end of their turn, you tap them for mana that you just burn. They get some spirits, lose some life. And then there's like a hunted phantasm in there. So when that drops, they get five one ones and panharmonicon to double that up. It's Jesus. It's (laughs) it's. it's not a competitive deck and a blood moon shuts it down instantly, but it's something where people don't really have a way to stop it. It doesn't revolve around the graveyard, so they can't sideboard in ley line of the voids. Doesn't revolve around So it seems basic... like you can just take some wins off people unexpected sort sort of like when eight rec, you know, takes some wins off people and exactly like modern. Um I like that. That sounds really interesting. Uh, as I used to play a Grix's Delver and then I used to have blue-white uh, control in Modern. And I, I loved blue-white control, but dear God, every game was such a... It, it got tiring to play that deck because you're just having to really concentrate and focus and think about what to counter, what to board wipe, and you know, hopefully my Mind Sculptor doesn't die, and hopefully my Teferi doesn't die. And Jeez, yeah, I can't... I have a control EDH deck and it just takes so much brain power to play that I rarely play it. I can't imagine doing that in modern where you're you're striving to win to do well. And yeah, I, kudos I, to you, man. <laughs> I've got one well, I mean a, a lot of my decks are control, but I've got a I got Grand Arbiter uh, Augustine a, as an EDH deck and he is my go-to control deck if I know my friends are playing really uh stupid combo-y infinite combo decks or just really degenerate decks in EDA. Oh, yeah. So it basically plays a stacks control. I don't allow you to do anything. And my only win con is approach of the second sun. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. So, so there was a game I played, I think, a month or two ago where I had Smothering Tithe out. Smothering Tithe had like 20 counters on it or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, or 20 treasure tokens, I mean... And I, I I draw a card, it's Approach of the Second Sun, I cast it, and then I, you know, put it back in my hand. No one counters it because they're both playing blue. And then I have a Dig Through Time in hand, so I'm like, okay, well, I win now. And they're like, how? Well, I'm going to cast Dig Through Time. I still have plenty of mana left over, and I'm going to cast Approach again. They're just like, oh. they're like, fuck you, Zuby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, Approach. If yeah. that, if that love it. was... If that was in Crufix's colors, that would be in the deck 100%. <laughs> um, so if Crufix is Bant colors in the new Theros set, then yeah, it's going to have to... I'm going to have to build a separate Crufix deck and just put Approach in there just to piss off my friends. I mean, yeah. Why? Is there a question about it? If they make another Crufix deck, I'm <laughs> making another Crufix... Or another Crufix, I'm making another Crufix deck. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, how do you not, you know? Yeah. So you I, know, there's... um. You know, speaking before we end it here, um, I do want to ask, uh, where is it? Because this used to be a really popular Crufix play. At least I don't see it too much anymore. Um, the Helix Pinnacle. 
I used to oh, see that yeah. all the time with other crew fix X. I don't see it that much anymore. Do do you see it at all anymore, really? No. So the only crew, other crew fix deck I've seen was very similar to yours, um, but even less creatures. I think they just had the Eldrazi Titans, Seedborn Muse. Like, they didn't have the Hydras or anything. Yeah. Um, uh, and then they had more intense stuff like Sylvan Library and... Yeah. Uh, I, I've never, I've only seen Helix Pinnacle once and that was in the mono green Omnath and uh, mono green oh, Omnath yeah. deck. Yeah. That, that uh, deck can be degenerate. But isn't there some sort of restriction on Helix Pinnacle? What do you mean? I thought, I thought, cause I remember, uh, I, I was going to put it in a deck or in a combo video, but there was... Because yeah, um, you basically pay X to put X tower counters on it, and then oh. when you have 100 or more, you win the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It has Shroud. That was the restriction, I thought. Because I was thinking of like doubling the counters on it somehow, but you can't target it. But that well, has nothing to do with crew fix. Well, wouldn't doubling season work on that? Doubling season would, yeah. Because yep. doubling season doesn't target... Um, and if effect would put one or more counters on a permanent you control, I cannot believe doubling seasons like almost seventy dollars now. Yeah, Jesus. after being reprinted, granted a year ago, but <laughs> and it, it does. God, it's the older you get, the crazier it's. Like I can't believe like Battle Bond was a year ago. It feels like just yesterday. And yeah. um, just talking with Chase last night, we're talking about Amon Ket and all that. And I'm like, shit, that was already what three years ago already Amonkhet came out that's ridiculous yeah I know it feels like just yesterday it came out um, and I feel that hurts the most when you want to buy cards from those sets but you keep putting it off like mm-hmm. like in, in core 20 core 2020 Leyline of Anticipation went down to like four bucks or something and I kept going oh I'll buy it on my next order oh on my next order well now it's back up to ten bucks it's like fuck <laughs> I know, like, like speaking of Amon Ket is I had a bunch of anointed processions, but I sold them because, you know, no. they because they were selling for like 10 bucks at the time. And now they're up to yep. like 20 bucks a pop. I'm like, shit, like that yeah. go perfect in my newly rebuilt Rise the Redeem. I mean, yeah, I know. I know I could easily spend 20 bucks and get it, but it's just a feels bad type thing. Exactly. You know? Exactly. I I had speaking of that card, I had it in my cart once during an order when it was like seven bucks in Canada. Yeah. So that must have been five bucks in the States. And I was like, you know, I can't justify seven bucks on this card. I should have fucking justified (laughs) the seven bucks on that card. It's it's such a pain in the ass because it's so easy to fall in that fear of missing out BS. Yeah. Oh, that's... And again, not to sidetrack, I know we should probably be wrapping up, but I'm so disappointed in what magic finance has become especially with the growth of edh it's like these cards that should be in people's hands are just being bought out and stuffed in a closet i mean i love that edh is getting more and more popular i love it because you find more and more people to play it with but i hate what you just said right now with, with the finance part because now there's you know now cards that used to be you know 50 cents to 25 cents and they were just for edh because they were like really broken and awesome in edh now the, now those same cards are like you know 15 20 and you're like oh shit you know yeah it, yeah. it gets and, frustrating sometimes yeah and even with 
like the cards that jumped up that much are ridiculous but i i even i almost hate it more the ones that have jumped up just a little sakura tribelder which is in both of our lists because it's an amazing card yeah uh, I, I don't know what it's like in the States, but I remember it was a 25-cent card. I had stacks of them. Whenever someone built a new EDH deck, if it had green, I'd be like, here's your tri-builder. It's yeah. now 2 or $3 in Canada. Yeah, it's $1.30 like, in the U.S. And, I mean, that's not a lot of money, but still, it's a common. It should net... And it's been reprinted in Commander decks, too. And yeah. it's still that much money. That's stupid. Yeah, and it like people might be listening and saying a buck thirty isn't that much. Well, if every card in your EDH deck beside your basic land have gone up that little bit, that's like seventy cards. Yeah, that and could- you're right. I mean, a lot of these cards, you know, I've had forever, so I didn't, you know, I I never paid the full price or I pulled them out of booster packs or whatever. So it's not that big a deal, but it's also kind of frustrating because you know I want people to either play these commanders or play these cards and then they just start looking at the prices and they're like yeah no and yeah. It's, it, it is restrictive i mean i understand do i want all my cards to go completely lose all their value no because i'd like the ability where i can sell my cards but mm-hmm. it's also i want to be able to get more friends into magic and then you know they realize and i always try to tell some of my friends stop buying booster packs all right only yeah. do drafting for boosters, or if you're gonna buy booster packs, just buy a box at least. You know. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's you know it is what it is. With it, I mean that that could be a whole separate podcast just talking about the effect <laughs> of Magic Finance on Magic as a whole. Yeah. I mean, we see it right now with the Throne of Eldraine collectors boosters and all that. <sighs> it's such a, I I barely know what's going on with it, but I hear everybody bitching complaining about it and i'm like that's why i'm just not gonna bother with it i'm just gonna buy the regular booster packs and that's it yeah yeah i'm with you i i'm trying to trying to cancel out all the negativity with the game but uh wizards doesn't make it easy to do that no they really don't but you know it is what it is it happens um so i guess wrapping up here um you know yeah, we talked about, you know, how we, why Crufix, we love Crufix, and, you know, what would you do to get other people to play and just talk about specific cards we really like. Um, and I do, I did like the question where, you know, try to come up with a new Crufix here. Um, yeah, so, no, I, I just want to thank you for coming on, man. It, it's been a lot of fun um, and just doing this sort of like first inaugural episode, just so everybody knows this is sort of like at the seat of my pants. He and I have been talking about this and, um, we, I came up with some ideas and some questions I wanted to ask, but it's been just sort of, eh, we'll just talk about our decks type thing. Yeah, and I mean, talk I... about the commander. Yeah, it was fun. I like this uh, this wing in it. Um, and I want to thank you for having me on because I've been listening to your podcast since you brought me into this little this little group, growing group of magic creators. So it's uh, well, nice you, to know I made it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you're, you're welcome, man. You yep. made it on Magic Wazubi, which I don't know if that's saying much, but <laughs> Josh, you know what? We're all in this together. It's I making know. it for me. It's making it for me. Well, awesome, man. Well, thank you. Um, uh, where can people find you if they want to check you out? So they can find me on YouTube at uh, King of Jank, and I am actually on the cusp of 1,000 subscribers. 
I never thought I'd get there. Oh, but, nice. But on the very cusp, so you could be the one that thousands. Oh, Jesus, can't talk. You could be that one that pushes me over the edge. That's in awesome. a good way. Yeah, and then um, you'd get close to um, monetization and all that. Yeah, too. watch out, professor. Here I come. Oh man. Uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you can find me on uh, the Stomping Grounds podcast on Undyne MTG YouTube channel. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at King of Jank. I don't post anything besides links to my videos. People keep following me. Thanks for that. And that's about <laughs> it. Well, awesome, man. I just want to thank you again for coming on. And um, like I said, it's been great. And uh, yeah, uh, thanks again and have a great night, everybody. Yeah, thanks again, Zub. Hey, everybody. Hope you really enjoyed the episode as much as I did. I thought it was a great first entry into the Commander Deep Dive discussions that I want to try to do some more of with other people here. And you know, let me know what you think about the episode. I want to hear from you all. You know, send me an email or reach out to me via Twitter or, you know, tell me on the YouTube uh, video as well, too. So if you want to reach out to me, uh, I can be found on Facebook.com slash MagicWizzubi, on Twitter at MagicWizzubi, on Instagram at Magic underscore with underscore Zuby. And you can email me with any questions you may have at mtgzubi at gmail.com. Uh, this podcast can be found on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio, and finally Spotify. And you can help support the show by going to the show's Patreon at patreon.com slash magicwithzubi. And if you want to help support the show as well, be sure to check out the show's sponsor, legitmtg.com. And I think that about does it. Uh, thank you again all for listening, and I hope you really enjoyed it. And thank you again, Josh, King of Jank, for coming on. It was an awesome episode. I had a really fun time talking with you, and I hope all of you out there really enjoyed it as well, too.